Welcome to the Peach and Black Podcast, your central place to hear unofficial news, reviews, trivia, and intelligent discussion on all things happening in the Prince world. Featuring the hosts, MC. You know, it's got all those classic Prince elements. Captain! Why wouldn't you just record as much as you could? Player! It's just like a story chest of ideas. Toe Jam! Either version, I love both versions. And other special guests. Hi, this is Larry Graham, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hi, this is Ricky Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hey everybody, this is St. Paul Peterson, and you're listening to the Peach and Black Podcast. Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Peach and Black Podcast. We are all gathered here today to talk about this thing called Artificial Age and, of course, Plectrum Electrum as well. Thanks for joining us. Back on the show, we have Toe Jam. Yo! Player. Oh, no, he didn't. And Captain. It's exciting. It's different. (laughs) (laughs) That's your review. Your review's done. (laughs) (laughs) Toe Jam, stop reading Captain's notes. So let's get into this stuff uh, straight away. Just, you know, off of the top. Prince has released two new studio albums. As I said, the first one is Artificial Age, which is predominantly a solo Prince project. And the second one is Plectrum Electrum, which is Prince and Third Eye Girl, more of a band feel. We're not going to do the usual Peach and Black album reviews tonight. It's only been a short time since the albums have been released. And we're here today to discuss our initial impressions, our first thoughts from hearing the music, from looking at the artwork and talking to each other about the reactions we had to, to the songs themselves and to the albums. So let's go around the virtual table and I'll just uh, give it to Captain to start us off. What are your, what, what were your overall impressions when you first started listening to the, to the music on these two releases? Well, one's a rock album and one is a R&B album, really. And it's no secret that I don't particularly like R&B. So at the Uh-oh. moment, I'm preferring the Third Eye Girl album. There are some good tracks on both albums, but today I'm leaning to the Third Eye Girl side of it. But that could change tomorrow. This is just first impressions. We've still got time to form our brain, our opinions. <laughs> so there's rock. There's R&B. There's a lot of R&B. And there's a small amount of funk. I would have preferred a lot more funk, but you get what you get. That is true. You definitely get what you get. Player, what? A, what? what a positive way to start what? this. <laughs> <laughs> Captain, you got to give your Red Bulls. <laughs> Player, what, what, was your initial, what was your initial reaction to the sounds you were hearing? Yeah, my reaction was good. I think my expectations were lowered so much that when they actually came out, I was kind of surprised. So, <laughs> yeah. why, were they, why were they lowered? Because the last... Do you, do you really need to ask that question? Yeah. Yeah, he does. Because, like, especially with the four-year gap, you you know, if you build it up too much and it doesn't deliver, like, you, the downfall is so much harder. So I went in expecting nothing and came out genuinely surprised. The other thing with, especially with Artificial Age, you know, when Prince releases an album ever since, say, I don't know, 3121, I guess I could play the album maybe once or twice and sort of get the gist of the album. 
these albums, well, especially Artificial Age, it's not like one of those albums that you can listen to just sort of twice and know it off or get the gist of it. It's sort of a bit more complex, so you have to sort of listen to it a bit more to sort of get your head around it all. So, yeah, it's, it's good. It's different. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting. <laughs> Speaking oh, of exciting. Tojan. I've been very pleased. So, My, the, so pleased. Yeah, yeah. The the, the lead up, you know, what was the first track? Was it, it the breakdown came out first, and that's an amazing song. And then the clouds no, came out. Before that was uh, well, breakfast, breakfast, breakfast can, wait. can wait. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Well, that's a good song. And uh, <laughs> then it was the breakdown. Then clouds came out, and I was really excited. I was like, this is going to be great because that's a cool song too. And then you know, you know, and I'm like, ah, oh, not <laughs> sold on that one. And then the funk and roll remix. I'm like, oh no, that's a that's a stinker. Hmm. Um, and so. I wonder if he did that deliberately, actually, because it's like he sort of sets this, oh, it's going to be good, and then, oh, no. So when I, I think I play it, like my expectation going into it when it finally arrived, I was like, oh, I'm not expecting much. But I've been very pleased with Artificial Age. Plectrum, Electrum, I'm, it's a good album. It's pretty solid. A lot of the tracks, I think, are maybe a year or two old already, even the ones that haven't been released. We know they were playing a lot of those songs. So I kind of feel like it's almost like the gold experience thing, where it's like it's probably like six months too late, but it's still enjoyable for what it is. And it's, it's, I'm glad we got it. So that's sort of my initial impressions, just of the albums as a whole, without going into too much detail. My comment about this, the songs that came out early, I think everyone had their own opinion about The Breakdown and Breakfast Can Wait and Fix Your Life Up, but on the albums, in context, it's totally different. Yeah, definitely. Like, when I heard Clouds and You Know, I was just like, eh... But listening to the whole album, you know, they've got their place in there. It's incredible, exactly what you just said, Captain. It's incredible the difference that an album context makes mm. to some of those songs. It's it's nuts. Well, especially Artificial Age and the whole concept of... I still haven't figured out what it's all about, but yeah, he was on some drugs, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she say that? Be- beta the, blockers. The, dr- the drugs you were on made you go to sleep or something. Woozy. The medication... Yeah. MC, you're itching to say what you have to say, don't you? I am. I am. I am. I am. I am itching to say. I won't start off with it, but I will say that it's so early, right? And that's why we call this the first impressions show. But my first impressions of Artificial Age, the album, were mixed. When I first heard the opening track, I initially thought, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) that was my honest reaction i was like oh no it sounds like it's pandering to the teeny bopper market well in parts it does yeah that's but that's all i heard because you know sometimes you hear something and you can never unhear it (laughs) so when i heard those synths and the four to the floor beat i I just thought oh no um (laughs) It, it's, it's like, like it's like um, being embarrassed by a crazy old uncle or something. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> oh, oh not, not here again. we go again. <laughs> <laughs> and I going to say this time. I wasn't really looking forward to the rest of the album, which is unfair because you can't judge a book by its cover and therefore you can't judge an album by its opening track. So I kept listening and obviously I was going to listen to the whole thing anyway, but kept listening with an open mind. Clouds comes in and I agree with what Captain said on the album, even though it's track two early in the piece, it sounds completely different to just listening to it on its own. Then the breakdown comes in and... I do like how he stuck to the good old format of the ballad is always track number three. I I like that he stuck to that. (laughs) He always does that. And so that's by the, the rules. Well, that's right. And, and by the time I got 
into halfway into breakdown, which is the third track, I was already on the way up. And I thought, okay, this has got a chance for, for me to really start getting into the album and enjoying it a little bit more. And I won't go track by track, but as the album progresses up until about three quarters of the way through, I'm having an, a really good time. And I agree with Captain. He could have really funked it out more and given us some of that raw, gritty, dirty sounding funk. And there's not too much of that here. But I actually, unlike Captain, enjoy well-produced R&B. And a lot of this is R&B-ish type sound. So I was having a good time. And then something happened. And this is my pet peeve, gentlemen. And it's called sequencing. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, I know what this is. This is like... This is the um, the affirmation and with uh, a song in between which uh, should be there. It up. Is that it? Well, there's that too. <laughs> it's actually a whole lot of things, but yeah, Are what you, you said... album sequencing? I'm talking album sequencing Track, like, to tracks. start with. Like, yeah, yeah just doesn't work. And right. I am sitting here tonight talking to you guys about something that I think potentially is going to undo this album as it ages and as people get exposed to it and start having opinions about it. I feel like this is the, a huge wasted opportunity because this album is, in my opinion, and it's only a first impression, but at this stage I'm saying it's two songs too long and those two songs are what it feels like and funk and roll. And the order of some of those songs at the end, I think, could be readjusted and sequenced differently to create a much, much more solid, much more attention-grabbing and better-flowing album to the point where I've actually done that today, this afternoon and this evening. I created three or four different configurations. And it's uh, available for download. If you Yes. <laughs> well, that's, that's right. I did. I downloaded the WAV files off from the official site and um, purchased the work. music. Went That's to work right. with the snips. That's right. And, oh, uh, I think you know. I don't think you're alone. I, I did the same so as well. So many people. You did. And I know you a lot of people well. have done it. Sorry? So many people have done it, and it's really? only been out a very yeah. short time. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, thought, <laughs> I thought could, because you, you the, the four of us hadn't haven't caught up. This is the first time we we really. I thought yeah. I was the only one. I can't believe. No, it. On, on my track list, uh, I ditched funk and roll. I put it at the end of the album, basically, as like a mm. bonus. Yeah. Um, and I, I stitched, <laughs> oh, I stitched what a to- bonus. I can't wait till that bonus track. <laughs> and then I hidden it together. You should have, told him you should have hidden it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I, I stitched together affirmation way back home and affirmation three. So it's one complete track. Oh, how good is that? And that's, that's, it makes the album so much better. So much better. I did exactly the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Okay, You're not the only one, I think. But what does that show? I mean, I pretty much agree with everything you said there. It's like the sequencing is the thing that... It undoes it, doesn't it? It undoes it, yeah. I've got a question for you, MC. It's, it's, it's sad. Why do you think he's presented it this way, then? You can because, only because, assume it makes because, sense to him. Yeah, because more logically is the way that you've said it. Is It flows better that way. But, it, of course, the, like the funk and roll and all that, that breaks it all up. And like, it, why, yeah. yeah. It's, the, it's the breakdown of the sequencing. It... <laughs> It, it, the, the breaker part of the sequencing you're right player the flow is ruined it's completely ruined okay. my guess would be why but, yeah but players questions what's the reason why yeah. would he do that my guess is is that he's he's already done it the way we've said it should have been done and then like it's he has done in previous yeah like he's done in previous albums that get a little bit of a delay. Uh, he's had a he's had a last minute brain fart and thought, I know, I'm gonna stick that Joshua Wilson funk and roll remix right in the crucial part of the album for some yeah. I think it's just a I think it's a last minute decision. And it's really unfortunate 
because, because the way yeah the way it comes across now it's like a reprise. See, ending with those all those three tracks together would have been a, such a good end to the album. Oh, it would. It, yeah, it's. Well, I'm speechless get, at the moment. Like, let's but, not get too yeah. down on it. I mean, I'm still very, I'm very happy with the album though. Yeah. Look, Tojam, I, I agree with what you're saying about it's. Let's not get too down on it, and it, it is a good album. I think it definitely is a good album. It's, as Player said, in my opinion, it's better than I expected, although I kind of surrendered my expectations similar to you, Player, so it was almost like I was open to anything that he was going to release. That, that's what Prince asks you to do. Isn't there a track, Surrender Your Expectations? He said that somewhere. <laughs> I'm sure he said that somewhere. I, I think so. So, don't like funk and roll? You must surrender your expectations. <laughs> That's you right. don't like the remix. <laughs> nobody, nobody understands your music but yourself. I'm surprised there wasn't more cowbell on the remix myself. <laughs> there is cowbell in this album, though. There is. Not, not in Artificial Age. Yes, there is. Where? <laughs> oh, to it again. Oh no, <laughs> I haven't. I haven't done the full headphone test yet. Yeah, but, you got to do it. Yeah. It's all right. When we do track by track, we'll I'll, get to that. Yeah. Obviously, we'll we'll go into more detail in the track by track. But there are, there are moments in this album where it takes me back to Love Sexy. Does anyone else get that that sense? It has a Love Sexy feel to it. I've seen a bunch of people saying that either Love Sexy or Black Album. Yeah. There's like, like just like little pinches of it here and there. There's a few moments in there where it, for me it like, oh, this actually it has that feel, that Love Sexy feel. Like you know, Minneapolis Sound 2010. Yeah, they have has the classic Prince sound, but there's moments in this album that actually genuinely take me back and go, yes, this has that love sexy sound to it. You're I, not alone. I didn't not saying get, it's as good. Uh, yeah. I'm not saying it's anywhere near as good as Love Sick. But it's there's got moments the vibe. Where, yeah, it has that vibe to it. I didn't really get that at all. The only song that maybe has some relation to Love Sexy in a particular positivity is the song Time. Only because it's like that slow tempo. It's just a jam really. But anyway. People have been raving about time, and I've, as you know, as usual, I'm just like, whatever. <laughs> I agree. I agree with you, Captain. I, I don't. It, it's cool for no. what it is. It's just a jam, but it's. Uh, yeah, anyway, we're, we're, not, we're not talking about this in detail. But look, no, let's yeah. just sum, when we do the album review, let's just sum it up. There'll be one song which everyone hates and I think is great. There'll be another song which uh, I think is garbage and everyone else thinks is the best song on the album. Um, <laughs> There'll be a song we... that MC ranks very low, and all three of us think it's pretty good. Um, and that's pretty much the whole album review. Are we done. becoming predictable? We we're might done. be done, yeah. No, <laughs> the Peach well, and think, Black, the peach and black a... listeners need to surrender their expectations when they listen to this <laughs> impression show. Uh, well, I, I always like to nominate a most skippable track, and I think this album potentially has the crown of the most skippable tracks of all most skippable tracks <laughs> both uh, did, did i did, did i mention it <laughs> i think i might have for me both albums have more than one technically only one could be the most but there's a few on both albums and i don't want to say the whole thing of why didn't he just put them all the best tracks together and make one album because that's just what always happens every time hmm. he puts out a lot of music it's always that same conversation so i'm not going to say it but it would have been a good idea <laughs> in my opinion and then it would have been a mix of funk and roll but, but guys look great let, let's not let's not undercook this i mean this it's been four years and three months since you took Two your months. love away. <laughs> 
it's been a long time since we've released, uh, we've reviewed or even spoken about, yeah, a new Prince Studio album. And here we are, you know, and and sure, we're going to go into more detail in the near future, but it's an event. Forums are blowing up. The press is, you know. The press is insane at the moment. Yeah. Interviews like coming out every day, Mm. like either with Prince or with the girls. It's it's all over the place. It's good. It's like yeah, but um, don't you think it's weird that he hasn't released an, uh, a video or has appeared Prince. anywhere? <laughs> this is Prince. Yes, I know it's Prince, but like, for God's sake, like, you know. Well, there's a video should... for Fix Your Life Up, but that's like a year and a half old now. Just on the media point, I think you can definitely see the Warner's influence in this initial, like, again, it's only the first few days, but like Captain was saying, there's a ton of interviews out there already. Things are I think, happening. Yeah, things are happening. That, that's the sense I get. I don't get this sense, like, in previous years, like with 2010 and even Lotus Flower to an extent, where it's like, it's just this, this sort of weird jumble of random things happening. Like, I get the impression that there's some planned things and it's it's all, you know, the ball is rolling, so to speak. Hang on, what about the worldwide events in the lead-up? That never happened. Well, oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> well, where was our Sydney listening party? Hmm. Yeah, that's what I want to know. There was a French listening party, wasn't there? There was a few there, things like I, that. Yes, there was French. But that's all online listening parties. Like, any yeah. fan can organise that. What we're talking about is something that Warner's you know, have some sort of event where you actually attend and they, they play the record and, mm. you know, there's hobnobbing and all that sort of garbage, you know? Yeah, that I didn't get, I did, I didn't get the hobnob. <laughs> <laughs> that's the start of the show. <laughs> I didn't get the hobnob, and I'm very upset about that. <laughs> we sent a tweet to Warners, too, and they didn't respond back. Nothing. Well, all nothing. that means is, no, nothing's happening. No, they don't even know what's happening. <laughs> well, as for our, our review copy, which must have just got lost in the mail somehow, don't worry, Prince, we got hold of it. Don't worry. Actually, it was, it's, it was it's pretty exciting. <laughs> it was pretty exciting living in Australia and getting the album basically before every other country. That was pretty cool. Just uh, really in the future. Normally it's the opposite. Normally we're always a bit behind everyone else. Yeah. Well, that's right. We do live in the future, so five all... days. Five days in the future. So. <laughs> well, it, it, uh, it was helpful. We we got it oh, even earlier anyway, so that's nice. <laughs> I'm just thinking, even though I have purchased the download digital download version of Artificial Age in WAV format. Oh, you've only got to wait about another three months for the vinyl. Don't worry. Well, However long it takes, Captain, back to my sequencing dilemma. I can do that on vinyl. Well, I can't. But but I just wonder if maybe there's there's a clue in there somewhere about the last side. You guys got the CD in front of you? Yeah. When you open it up and the track listing's inside, it's broken into two sections. So it runs from artificial cage to breakfast can wait. Mm. Then there's a space, and then it's this could be us to affirmation three. So when when I opened it up and saw that, it looks like side A, side B. The way they ah, sort of broken it up there. Okay. Because mm. I was thinking maybe if it was a two vinyl set, but it probably won't be. It's not long enough, yeah. No, it's not long enough, you're right. I was kind of hoping there was some sort of method to the madness of putting, you know, funk and roll in between all those other brilliant tracks. How long anyway, is a vinyl though? A vinyl's only forty five, isn't it? Something like that. No. You can fit a you can fit this onto a single vinyl. Yeah, okay. Before we move on to Plectrum, I've got another question. Why is the packaging on Artificial Age so bare bones? There's no booklet, hardly any credits, definitely no lyrics, 
and there's a lot of like personal lyrics on this album and like I noticed the last few albums he hasn't been including a lyric booklet in his thing because he wants you to listen to it not read it no, no player like, player you know you why that is I, I figured out why that is because every time he performs these songs live he's going to change the lyrics anyway so <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to confuse the audience he doesn't every want to be defined by his lyrics <laughs> What? That's a really good point, actually. That is a every CD, point. every CD with a free teleprompter included. You know, <laughs> he, he probably looks back at like Sign of the Times. Not that he looks back, but just hypothetically, <laughs> in your imagination, he looks back at Sign of the Times and the, the booklet with all the lyrics, and he's like, looks at the cross, and he's like, oh, why did I put the lyrics? Why? Why did I do it? He probably does that with a whole bunch of songs. Probably. Oh, that's yeah, that's a good point. No, but why include like a pretty nice looking package in Plectrum Electrum with the lyrics? Yeah. See, that's you know, the thing. Like, I notice a lot of artists nowadays, the packaging is pretty minimal, and then they often have, like, you can download the official booklet or something like this. If you recall, the Crystal Ball release had an online booklet. Yeah, and a lot of artists are doing that now. Janelle Monáe is doing that. The Liv Warfield album that came out did that. Great album, uh-huh. by the way. Liv Warfield, top album. The Unexpected. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, but wow. like when you download an album, really you get you're just getting the song. So the incentive to buy the CD is for the extras. Yeah, so that's true. Really, you don't get any, yeah, you would uh, think so. Yeah. Yeah, really, you, you know, I would like in there like something like a booklet, pictures, like even Lollipop. if it was like a yeah, <laughs> even if it was like just picture based, you know, tells a bit of a story or something. You know, I think this is one thing where, or one of a few things where Prince has fallen behind is, we've talked about this before, but all the digital stuff now, you know, you just download WAV files and that's that's it. That's what you get. But the trend just I've noticed in the last six months or year is people are actually going back to physical products. Like they want to go back to the olden days and like vinyl, vinyl has been taken off for years now, but the last six months it's it's gone crazy. Mm. And people want to hold a physical thing again. And now, just when that's happening, Prince is just taking up, oh, look, you can download the WAV files. And I'm like, yeah, you're about five, ten years too late. <laughs> people are back to physical product now. But it's interesting it's observation. He is doing vinyl. He is doing vinyl and CD. Well, I've ordered the vinyl. I can't wait to get a hold of it. The only thing is I can't rearrange any of the tracks, which is unfortunate. So, Well, hopefully right. that'll be a nice thing to hold and look at. Hmm. And, you know, the thing that you pull out, some good pictures, you might even get more than you got with a CD, you'd hope. It would be uh, yeah. kind of cool if there's, like, a bonus track on there. That'd be pretty cool. Not even a bonus track, but even just, like, some sort of booklet or lyrics printed on the, the, the inside sleeve thing. <laughs> Don't you love the sticker on the front, though? Featuring the single Funk and Roll. <laughs> Tear that thing right off, like a Band-Aid. Yeah, I'm, I'm really disappointed with the packaging of artificial age like when i was a kid i was listening to prince albums that's what i used to like it's like the booklet and you read the lyrics and then you read who produced it and who's on it i mean okay it says on the back featuring the golden hippie okay so that's marissa jack but what what track does she appear on like there's lots of female voices on this i can't decipher which one she's actually on. he's always done that though he's always done that like all of his album credits are always fuzzy and a bit sus and you think really is that I think it's not really him. If you have a close look at the back cover of Artificial Age of the Album, produced, arranged, composed, and performed by a ghost, presumably, because it doesn't say anything afterwards, or it's got his at Third Eye Girl, who have nothing to do with this album, and Joshua Welton, which relates to Joshua Welton, but again, did he really... Yeah. yeah, I mean, did he really? Did Joshua Walton really produce, arrange, compose, and perform all these songs? Well, there's in, this, that, in that in, case, I'm going to buy his album. 
there's this you know this one of these interviews where he said like joshua has a major part on the album and all this sort of thing and and i don't know you can hear bits where you think oh yeah that sounds like it might have been done by joshua or someone else but primarily this is a prince record it sounds very much like it's produced by prince to me but he seems to be really taking a back seat whereas in previous albums you know he's always done that though he's always played this whole oh we he talks you know we produced it this way and it's like well crap you produced it that way (laughs) but like you look at the inside credit where it says recorded and mixed at paisley park studios by joshua welton prince it's not prince joshua welton it's almost like you know he's stepping back letting this guy sort of come to the forefront and chris james it's it's kind of interesting how you know where he's placing himself amongst all this it's interesting but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense it's been happening for a while now though where he's been stepping back and paraphrasing roughly what he said is he wants to you know, every all these young people, they're so talented, I want to show them to the world. And that's been happening for a while now. Yeah, but you know the best way to show yourself to the world is create some music, create a product, and then put it out there. Hang on, MC. You've said for the last four years, on this show, Prince should work with an outside producer. He essentially has done that. He says he's done that. That's not what I meant. <laughs> yes, I know it's not what you meant, hmm. but... I reckon it's the closest thing we're going to get, and it's but, it's it's a good start. Did you guys read that review? And he says, like, you know, who would have thought that I would have let someone yeah. that young produce me? And I'm thinking, whatever. Come on. Give, yeah, give us a break. <laughs> That's it. It wouldn't surprise me if, like, maybe you know was, uh, like, maybe it was Josh who worked on the production of that, getting that all sorted. No, no, I think Mr. Welton had a fair bit to do. I don't know why, but I'm actually... Just I'd say he did a fair bit in terms it sounds, of recording. There's, you know, and... there's different stuff you know, that Prince doesn't do. Yeah. he's but, uh, Even if he didn't physically do it, he's had the influence on Prince to make him do it. But I think he's done pretty well, actually, because I was really regretting that. Because I've seen a lot of um, YouTube videos of Joshua Welton, and he's very sort of Michael Jackson-fied. And, like, mm. he's does a lot of Michael Jackson mm. moves. He j- sort of dresses like him. And, like, okay, Michael Jackson's a big influence on, like, younger generations sort of more than Prince because more, Prince is more sort of inaccessible. And my fear was, like, he was going to Michael Jackson-fy Prince's music to a degree. But, like, a lot of these songs are really sort of Princey songs. So, like, I think if he is behind him, he's done pretty well. And that was my biggest fear that, you know, he would sort of not continue the legacy sort of thing. But I think he's done pretty good. I think I said this in the anticipation, and I still think it's true after listening to the album, that I think his role is basically the Kirky J role, in that Prince says, hey, I want this kind of beat, and then it's his job to sort it out. Yes, I I do think Or that. I want this sort of sound, and he maybe scats it or sings or something. He's like, now it's your job to actually go about and well, find the sound. That's, and because also that's his that, job, he's done good. Yeah, because I also in that interview, good. I think it was the Guardian interview, I think it was, and this was one of the, the funniest quotes I read. Joshua Welton, He's Steve Jobs. He is yeah. the Steve Jobs of technology. He knows everything. So he, I think that's exactly right. Prince just yeah. goes, I want to do this, make it happen. And Josh runs around and makes it happen. Yeah. He finds well, this like... drum loop or whatever. Yeah. And But yeah, you're right, player. If that was the plan, he did a good job because it sounds good. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, Kirky J did it before him and Morris Hayes to, to a degree. Morris Hayes is like a real sort of techie musical guy that used to... You know, sort out all his stuff for prints and stuff. So, Good point, you know, actually. he's always had like a person there to rely on to do these sort of things for him. So he, he can't do everything. He can try, <laughs> but he can't. No, he, he's done. He's done everything. So there's no more. No, nothing less, <laughs> You know, mo- nothing more for him to do. He's like all that mundane stuff, running around doing, getting things ready. You can do all that. <laughs> 
I'll just but let's sit be here realistic and, though. I mean, every every major. You can't tell me like Springsteen doesn't have someone like that. Every major artist would have you know people backing them up, doing all that stuff for them. Yeah, of course they do. But yeah, but do, those other people haven't spent their entire career doing all that stuff themselves yeah, up until true. now. Yeah, that's the difference. They've yeah. always had someone helping them. This guy's done it himself forever. It's not different enough. It's not. I think it is. It's just, not. I think it's just different enough. There's a bunch of really? different things like production techniques that Prince, unless he just learned them magically in the last few years, I think it is different. That interview where he said, I let Josh produce me entirely on a track, all he did was sing on the track. I don't even think he's on this album. I think that's Falling in Love Tonight. <laughs> Sounds like because, that too, because that song, that song doesn't sound like anything like Prince would do. That just sounds like something that he's come in and and sung on. Yeah, I was thinking as for this, that or you know. Yeah. Well, see, this is the thing about the lyric booklet and having a booklet in there. Like usually they credit because obviously it's a sample. It's it's you know it's from another track. Usually they yeah. credit who they've sent. There's none of that. So yeah, it's interesting because it's now it's just speculation. Who appeared on what track? Who's had a hand in what? You know, no one just like, knows. Yeah, but maybe he doesn't. Maybe he'll listen to this show and think, well, geez, you know, um, I really wanted to give this kid some credit. And maybe he's done the whole album. Who knows? And, like, we're just going, like, no, he, he, hasn't, done, he hasn't done very little. Maybe it's that's like, frustrating to him. Who knows, you know? Play it. But it's like um, Look, Planet Prince Earth. doesn't listen to this show. <laughs> Planet Earth was, you know, it was advertised in the media leading, oh, it's got Wendy and Lisa on it. Wendy and Lisa are back with Prince doing some stuff on Planet Earth. But then... You, it doesn't say like you can pick exactly. which songs they're on most of the yeah. time, but like there's a few tracks on there. You go, oh, is is that Wendy and Lisa, or is that is that someone else, or is who's playing guitar? And that's the same thing. It's like I'd like to know like what they contributed and everything. Yeah, same exactly. But he doesn't. He just says, oh, he just has Wendy and Lisa in the general credits at the end. Hmm. It's too ambiguous, which is a I shame because like way. like imagine if you're Josh Welton and you produce this whole album, okay, you've got a credit on it, but like then you have everyone else speculating like his actual involvement. It's kind of like being Kirky J, you know? How how rough is it to be that guy? Because as a band member, like as a drummer in the MPG, he came after Michael B. I mean, what a hard follow up that is, you know? Player Kirky J is on this album, isn't he? I mean, who uh, else would have pro- who else would have produced what it feels like? <laughs> No, I'm not laughing about that because I really like that song. Yeah, fair enough. <laughs> Don't you like? I'm not I'm having. Not, a, I'm not having. I'm officially not laughing at that one. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a cross between something of Emancipation or Come On. Anyway, that's into the in-depth album. Ah, come on. I was, yeah, that's that's a good song. Prince tracks one to track seven on Artificial Age. Absolutely perfect sequencing. Perfect. The lucky number okay. seven. That's right. So, oh, I've just got to say, I've just got to say, there's some song on one of these albums, and he sings one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, and of course he stops at seven. He doesn't go eight. He has <laughs> he has to just stop at seven. Mm. What did you expect? <laughs> it's been over four years since the last Prince record, and honestly, after waiting such a long time and hearing this on repeat over the last few days, I can say that I'm surprised by much of it from the music to the concept to the execution I'm invigorated to listen to it going forward and to continue discovering new parts of the the sounds and 
and uh, elements of the music. I am a little bit shaken up by the sequencing at this stage. I can't shake that off yet. It's just, it's a little bit, there's a there's a dip in the album three quarters of the way through and it's hard to get out of once you're in there, I think. But on the other hand, there's a lot of strong songs on here, you know, and this is what happens when Prince waits a little bit longer, puts, we won't know, but you can only assume puts more thought more effort and more energy into recording something that he himself has described as a more cohesive statement. And I think on balance, it's a success. It really is. It updates his sound and potentially even takes it a little bit, a little bit into the future. So I'm loving it and I can't wait to keep listening to it going forward. I think I agree with that pretty well. So, so you're saying it's an updated Prince sound, but you're not going to give made any, that up. I wasn't sure. But you're not going to give any credit to Josh Welton for it. Well, that's a good point, Captain. I think it's just Prince, really difficult. I think Prince has been trying for years to update his sound and be trendy and hip and sound current. And I think this is probably the most successful he's been at it in the last few years. I'd the, agree. the last I'd, few albums. I'd, I'd agree with what you said completely. And the question is how much of how much influence has Joshua Walton had on that? And it's difficult to say because, as Player said, there's no booklet. We don't know specifics. So we can only guess. My gut feel still tells me not, not a whole lot. But then again, you're right, Captain. Where did it come from? It didn't just come from the thin air. I mean, I think it's irrelevant whether Josh actually was pressing the record button every time or whether he just being around Prince and talking about stuff influenced him. Either way, it resulted in this. So maybe Prince saw it that way. Maybe Josh didn't physically do a lot. Maybe he did, but maybe there was actual influence by talking to each other and ideas mm. and blah, blah, blah. So that could, that could be one reason why he's got, he's got the co-producer credit. Well, here's, a, here's an idea. Josh, if you're listening to the show, come on the show. We'd love to talk to you and ask you what your involvement is and the invitation's just, there, brother. The even invitation's though just, there, just don't tell Prince about it. We, we yeah, want to even ask though you some <laughs> serious questions. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want this pre-scripted uh, answers. No, no, no. We, we, we're going deep with Joshua yeah. Welton. Prince I don't cannot think this be standing happening. behind you whispering the answers in your ear. That, that doesn't fly on the show. <laughs> but look, let's get into Plectrum Electrum just quickly. Initial thoughts, first impressions. Uh, we'll go around the table the other way around. Toe Plectrum Electrum, what was your first reaction when you heard that? I think it's a really solid album. I, I, I like it. It's very listenable. I get the impression that I could listen to this at any time and, and it, I'd enjoy it. I think there's maybe two, three genuine filler tracks. Not to say that they're bad, but kind of filler. I think there's two or three good songs and I think there's two or three really good songs. And it's very similar to Minneapolis Sound and Lotus Flower. You know, it has the rock disc and the funk disc and it, again it's the same thing we've got artificial age and we've got the rock so he seems to like doing that i think it's maybe six months too late i reckon if this had been put out in like february when they were still touring in in london and interest in third eye girl was probably at its peak maybe he'll totally prove me wrong but i just don't know how much longer he's interested in the third eye girl project he's been going for what almost two years now with the third eye girl thing uh so 
yeah, that's a, a lot. Yeah, you know, at least it's a getting, year and a half. Yeah, yeah, since January or something last year. So we know for Prince that you know his turnover is pretty quick, and I just hope for their sake that he does do them justice in terms of the album release because I get the impression that this should have been released like six months ago. But yeah, musically, I think there's some awesome moments. Great guitar solo. It's a good sound as well. Good chunky, full sound all the way through. Hannah's vocals. I haven't listened to it enough to really comment, but I know a lot of people are complaining about Hannah's vocals, but I don't think she's terrible. She's just... Oh, well, that's all right. If she's not terrible, it must be great. No, she's not terrible, but <laughs> I, I think clearly she's not a, a lead singer. She'd make a great backup vocalist. Um, yeah. No, I think her vocals are really good, actually. Oh, come on. No, no, I was going to say the same we'll thing. To, I think... To me, it just oh. sounds a bit cliche American female rock singer. It's like... On that... On without track. having any sort of interesting about her voice like on that third track i was i was surprised at how better than she she was you know better than i expected just i wasn't expecting anything because I, I haven't heard her but that ain't turning around i heard that and i'm like oh she can she can sing i really like that song a lot of people aren't digging that song but i think it's cool that's yeah, all right all right uh, that's my initial impressions player what are your initial thoughts on plectrum electrum I think it is good. I haven't been spinning it as much as Artificial Age, but there is um, obvious stronger tracks and weaker tracks. And of the weaker tracks, I think that, you know, they could have been possibly replaced with other songs that are, like, Screwdrivers noticeably absent. But overall, I think it's good that it actually got released. And I agree with Tojem, it's it's way too late. But... They've implied in a, one of the UK interviews that they've got enough material for another album. So, you know, if they release more, more stuff together, that, that'd be good. Yeah, it's, it's good. There's a nice booklet in it. But it's just a matter of where to from here, you know. Will this continue? Do they go out on their own? Will there be singles released? How much interest is still in it for Prince? That sort of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's, it's good to have. It's good as a, as a nice extra to Artificial Age. Oh, and also, too, the way um, that you guys said it was, like, really sort of full-sounding, crunchy-sounding, they said that it was recorded in analogue, so... Yeah, really I think you can hear that. It sounds chunky. Yeah, good. good. Yeah, it's, it's missing that good old Pro Tool sound we, we grew used to the last couple albums. Okay, and Captain, give us your account of what happened to you when you listened to this album the first time around, first few times. Right now, this one is just beating out Artificial Age. I think this is the better album today. Like I said, that might change tomorrow, but I'm preferring this one now. Artificial Age has just too many slow R&B tracks. It's like three quarters of the album is slow R&B tracks, and I'm not a fan of that. This, having slightly faster songs for the majority, that's the main reason I'm preferring it right now. And it's just because of the dislike of the other one. That's, that's my main reason. Hmm. One's rock, one's pop, as you said, right, Captain? Well, I mean, they are very deliberate well, uh, I mean, projects. If you look at Artificial Age, right, there's two fast tempo songs on there. There's track one and track four, and everything else is slow. So I forgot about funk and roll altogether. But it's, even then, it's only the last two minutes that are upbeat. I'm not a fan of slow tracks, unless it's like some incredible ballad or something that's worthy of my listening which I don't think many of them are on, on that album. But from the, category aside, like, one's rock, one's R&B, the, the other thing is one's a band CD and one's a solo CD, too. That's, that's true. another consideration, yeah. The main thing is the tempo. The other thing is... That's about the, the groove, brother. <laughs> meh. I don't know. Some, MC. Some, some, oh, save right. me. Save me. All right, all right. So, <laughs> Plectrum Electrum. 
I was actually really looking forward to this album to the point that I listened to this album from memory first. I just couldn't wait to get my hands on it. A band playing live in a room recorded on analog. A couple of songs that we'd heard were kind of rocking and they sounded full and there was some kind of heavier playing, a more rock influence, as Captain has said. I was like, you know, rubbing my hands together saying, whew, I've been waiting four years for this. Let's get it on. And by about the fourth or fifth track, I'm thinking, all right, this is going really, really well. And I think the fifth track from memory is Whitecaps. And from that point onwards, everything else just, it just went to water. It really just fell apart for me. I really don't want people to think MC's just being negative, negative, negative. But unfortunately, that's going to happen. So I'm just going to be honest because I think honesty counts for more than just pandering to telling people that oh, you love their work when in, a, in fact you don't. I think the biggest mistake, and it is a mistake to me, to have Hannah, the lead vocalist, on one of the best songs on the album to me. Whitecaps is brilliant. Very nicely arranged. The lyrics are intriguing. It's got a great vibe going for it. I don't dislike Whitecaps, but I don't think there's a whole lot there. I don't think anyone... I don't want to say anyone... It's not a bad song, but I mean, I don't think... Even if it was Prince on there, I don't think it'd really be a standout track for me. Yeah, for some reason, for me, it is. Like, I I like the emotion behind the, the words. I kind of have this picture of sitting by the beach listening to this track, and I think there's something to it. There's something underneath the music that I find intriguing, and the vocal ruins it for me a lot. To me, Prince should be singing this. It's as simple as that. I will say, I don't think she's a, you know, she's she's not Prince, obviously. She, and she, she's not even a strong vocalist, but she's she's good enough, I think, to sing that song. I disagree. <gasps> and I'll tell you why. It's not about hitting notes. For me, a great singer, I'll take it, a, I'll, I'll, I'll peg it back a step. I'll take it back a step. A good singer is not even about just hitting the notes and getting and getting it all right, technically speaking. It's about conveying emotion. It's about delivering feel and soul and passion. And I get none of that from her. And I she's will. on Ain't Turning Around. She's on White Caps. I will agree with I that. I just don't get it. I will agree with that. She can sing the notes, but yeah, I don't, I'm not getting any emotion from it at all. I, I, yeah, I get that. It's like, but but, it's, it's like Sonny T on Exodus. It's like, okay, he's a, he's a solid backup singer, and he's, he's not going to, like, he's not terrible. But it, I, see, I, I know what you guys are saying. It's, like, it just, it's sort of missing some sort of oomph to it, isn't it? I think so. I mean, it's, like, it's, it's, it's what it's, I'm saying. No one has to agree with it, but I just, I feel so strongly about it. I felt like I might as well, <laughs> you know, instead of keeping my mouth shut, that's what I feel. It's, it's a different thing, though, if she was in the band as a singer, but she's not. She's the drummer. So, like, you know, her forte is drums, and, you know, she so happens to be singing on it. Like, I wouldn't expect, like, a Liv Warfield performance from, from her. Because I know she's a drummer. You know, like, actually, you mentioned yeah. Liv Warfield. Liv would be great on track number three on this yeah, record. Well, she could like, really all, bring that grunt. All I can say is I've never heard Michael B sing as good as she did on this song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but well, again, that's, well, that's high praise, Captain. Prince loves doing this. Like, we've all heard the story where Sheila E says, you know, he went, yeah. she went into the studio and w- looked, looked around for the drum set and says, where's the drums? And he's like, no, I want you to sing. And then the same with Sonny T. There's no way Sonny T was employed as a singer. Uh, and next thing you know, he's leading Exodus. 
And the next thing you know, he's leading the administration, but that's another yeah. story. <laughs> and, and it's the same sort of thing here. It's like he just has this she idea probably, that he can yeah, put anyone had he no wants on board. no intention of singing. And that's fair said, enough. Have a crack at it. Well, <laughs> for me. All I can say is, MC, you're, I think you're very lucky because if you recall the earliest talking about this album, Prince only sang lead on two tracks. Yeah, it was mainly well, a, a band album and he was just going to be like... Like the Wizard of Oz, wasn't he? Like he was just like the background <laughs> kind of guy and overseeing everything and behind the curtain and all so, that sort of stuff. I think the amount of lead vocals we did get on this album is more than we could have. Maybe we're looking at it wrong. Maybe it is their album and it's featuring Prince. Well, you know what another it is, though? question. This is, is first impressions, though. It's like, what, what do you feel when you first hear it, right? Hmm. Well, that's another big question is the extent to their influence. Were these songs, because in one of the interviews, it says like, you know, they turned up and Prince had all these songs written and he wanted us to play them. And so the, my, my big question I would love to ask them, and no one's really asked it in any of the interviews that I've seen yet, is to what extent is this your album as opposed to a Prince album that you're the musicians for? I'd love to know what the ratio is. And, and maybe every song's different. Maybe some songs are all Prince, some songs is mainly them. But I'd love to know that stuff. I'd love to know too, but I don't think we'll ever get the information. Yeah. Or if I mean, we I get think... the information, it would be sort of inaccurate. I think yeah. in, a, in a songwriting capacity, it's probably non-existent in terms of things like solos and stuff that's their contribution yeah oh, i think you can, you can hear uh, i think plectrum electrum is of is clearly what's on that donna's name track donna's, or something yeah yeah, but yeah that's, no, that's based off a led zeppelin track so it's like a cover of a cover sort of thing it's like an evolution of a song and i think there's one song that is boy trouble that features the bass so i wouldn't be surprised if that's a bass line that he just come up with or something so like I kind of hear bits where I think oh yeah I think that's theirs but I'd love to know the full extent of who contributed what what songs and, and we'll never know or whether it was just Prince has his versions and he's like I want you to yeah, play like this the, like <laughs> like the family album where you got Paul yeah. Peterson in and said you listen to this as a guide track and you just sing over the top it's all done you know yeah well na- yeah, look- na- now that Toe Jam brought up Boy Trouble let's talk about Boy <laughs> Trouble no thanks uh, <laughs> let's let's save it for the review <laughs> just just listen to the bass the bass is good everything else is I'll say I'll say this about Boy Trouble. At first, I thought this is not a great song. This is not a good song, because I was listening to it as this is a Prince track, and then I listened to it as say just a Third Eye Girl track, and I thought, well, it's still not great, but it's okay. <laughs> but then I thought, imagine if this was a K-pop track. And K-pop. Ju- judging it on those standards, <laughs> it's a decent song. <laughs> Have you guys I mean, heard? Um, Eater's solo album from a couple of years ago. Yes. Uh, I think Similar. that song sounds so much like some of those songs on that Eater album, so that's why I think mm. it's an Eater track. But when I put it to that standard, it's like, yeah, this is okay. I, at first, I didn't think anything of I'm just like, oh, what is this? And now I'm like, yeah, it's not too bad. Yeah, uh, I, I, what's the word I'm looking for? I mean, I'm sure it is a, a front runner for most skippable, but we'll get to that <laughs> eventually. No, no, there's one more that's more skippable than that. Ooh. Look, I, I, I don't have a lot to say about Plectrum Electrum, the album, other than I'm not really digging it. There's a couple songs on there that are stunning, that really are stunning. And I'll take those and I'll, I'll listen to them. But Have you made your as, own Plectrum Electrum yet? I haven't because I... Oh, and no, Claire, no, and, I wish, and I almost wish, I almost wish you didn't ask me that question because I'm trying to be, I'm trying to be positive and glowing as much as I can, but I really think there's half an album there. Now, now, okay, there's obviously a full album, right? And some people out there in the world will enjoy it. 
and that's fine. There's more power to you. I don't want to. I'm not trying to sound sarcastic about it. But another love, like, have you listened to the original version? Yes, yeah. I've got. It, it's I've almost got the album. It may as well be a, an original composition. It's it's pretty different. Yeah, I'll give you that. The lyrics, okay, the, the melody and the lyrics are the same, but the arrangement is, is so different. The descending chorus is identical, but but it comes across in a different way, I, I guess. Yeah. You know, a song on this album again, which for me was a different song when I heard it in the context of the album was Pretzel Body Logic. I mean, I still don't love it, but it makes more sense I, now. That's a K-pop song. That is a K-pop song. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Pretzel Body Logic is I think would be a far better track if the first 10 seconds weren't included. Because that chorus without any musical underpinning well, we behind we, it sounds we really weak. We can cut that out. Not a problem. And not from the vinyl version, you can't. <laughs> Your vinyl is going to look all screwed up. I think the only thing that's lacking in Pretzel Logic is the lyrics. Other than that, I think it's a good song. Yeah, well, and, and the lyrics, obviously. Yeah. Um, but we haven't also talked about the fact that Wow has already yes. been released on the Live Warfield album under the title The Unexpected. Mm. And, and it's pretty much the same. It's, yeah, it's basically the same. Like, it's obviously a different recording, but it's basically the exact same arrangement. Although, having said that, I haven't listened to The Unexpected for a while to verify that. But I didn't notice anything different. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, the vocal's obviously different. Is that enough to? Is that enough of yeah. a point of difference to make it a, a completely new song or a different song? Going back know. to what Toe Jam said before, you said that the girls said they've got a you know enough material for the next album already and then what mc said you know i didn't want to think about the quality that the songs that didn't get on here if they've already got another 10 or 12 tracks ready to go and they weren't put on here what are they like but i reckon this album was finished ages ago yeah i get the, that impression too yeah but w- would but so would the, new the stuff, other tracks be any better stuff, who knows well yeah it's the thing they could be heaps better they could be heaps worse I would suspect they're better just because they've been together a bit longer and maybe had a bit more time to flesh them out a bit. Yeah, I would say that too. I think overall both these albums are getting, like by fans, they're getting pretty well received. It's going to take time to figure this out, but I think it's just because it's been four years. I think that's the main thing behind it. Well, that's the thing I'm always thinking about, too, is, like, when we reviewed Lotus Flower, I was really positive about that album, and I still am. I still really like that album, but just thinking about it now, it's like, I don't think I have that high opinion of Lotus Flower. You're kidding. That I did. I still love the album. It's a great album, but at the time, I feel feel like I was more excited than I probably deserved to be. When you review an album, when it's just come out, you've got nothing to compare it to next, only what's past. Yeah. True. So, because this is new, like, you might like this now. Yeah, and then the next album, it's not until that one comes out where you really see where this one's going to sit amongst everything else. Yeah, exactly, yeah. But, I mean, I think that's the main reason behind it's getting pretty well received so far. I mean, just in the first week is because it's been so long since we've had, you know, Prince albums to listen to. And I think, to a lesser extent, is the production of it. It is an updated Prince sound. Not only that, it's also too the the other bones that he throws out in between albums, like of a not a lesser quality, but they're not as worked on. Whereas this is like from its conception to its release, it seems like it's been worked on a lot, and a lot of thought has been put into it. Whereas the others seem now like knockout jams in an afternoon, upload it that night. Mm. You know, it, they sort of they, in their sound, they sound pretty different. Those sort of one-off tracks, internet tracks, to, to these, this, the tracks that are on these albums. 
See, I mean, he stuck to the rules of, you know, the ballads track three, but then there's the sequencing at the end of Artificial Age, and that's, it is just a bit confusing. Yeah, that's a great word to that's, use. That's the word, because you just look at it and you're like, those few tracks together would have been the best end to an album. I mean, Brian Wilson's done that on a few Beach Boys albums. He's put the last three tracks, separate songs, but joined together in a way, and it just makes this, like, sweet, like an, the end of an album. And this would have been the same thing. It would have been so good. Well, what I think is interesting is, like, it seems like he's trying to give, convey a message of some sort, but no one's really sort of worked it out. <laughs> I think a lot of it is also this sort of spiritual thing of, realizing you're one with the universe and, and you know, like, yep. you know, you are the universe, this kind of thing. Like, there's definitely a bit of that in it. And I would love to know, because he seems to have that theme going the last couple of albums, I think, where this sort of realization where he is the universe and, you know, there's only one, the third, whole thing of the third eye, like, he's the one perceiver and it's, it, like, it's interesting. What were the lyrics to one song? Yeah, I am the universe. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Yeah, that, the universe yeah. is me. Yeah. yeah. And but then really Planet Earth, like. he's holding the Earth in his hand. Yeah. You get a it's bit one... of that in Last December as well on Rainbow Children and, you know, yeah. being the last track on that and stuff, yeah. You know, the fact that we're talking about this is already, uh, I think, a, not only a positive, but a, a step up on a lot of other music that's being produced at the moment. You know, at least there's, there's something to talk about, there's something to discuss. It's good that there's a new album and we're not all saying, oh, it's more of the same or, oh, yeah, we've heard all that before. We kind of haven't heard all of this before. Yes, there are elements, right? There's a bit of Minneapolis sound. There's a bit of Minneapolis style R&B. And there's plenty of printisms all over the place. But again, I don't want to sound like a broken record, but Captain, when you say maybe Josh is, is quite influential, um, whoever is influential keep, behind keep Prince's... Keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's something new. It's not the same old, same old. He's not just treading water. He's actually going into the studio and regardless of what you think about the album, no one in their right mind can say, ah, oh, this is just rehash. What did yeah, Toe yeah, 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 Jam say oh, a year or two back? I just want something different. <laughs> well, like and, 2010. And we've got it. I like 2010. 2010's a solid album, but you do get that feeling of a bit of treading water going on in that album. Um, See that? Same with me, Minneapolis Sound. I just thought of this now, but to me, the 2010 album shouldn't have been released in the respect that it's just like the High album, which wasn't released at the time. It was him rehashing himself all one-man band stuff all digital but then in the end he didn't release high and he went total 180 and did all organic sounding comes out with the rainbow children i think he just missed that step this time he put out 2010 which was all just him and his pro tools when he could have just held that back and waited the four years then and come out with this what do you think about that stunned silence (laughs) Well, he Captain, that. He could not Captain, you've, that. <laughs> I mean, you've got me thinking about something quite intriguing. I remember going back to our 2010 album review. I very rarely listen to that album now, but that album does contain two of, I believe, I won't say they are the two greatest songs he's ever recorded, but certainly two of a very small number of songs that I believe are some of the greatest individual pieces that he's ever done. And those yeah. two songs are everybody beginning lo- endlessly. Everybody loves me. It's great. <laughs> Walking sand. No, that's all I can remember from that album. Well, the two songs that I'm talking about are "Beginning Endlessly" and "Future Soul Song." And you just gave me an idea that I think probably at least Toe Jam is thinking about at the moment. I'm gonna 
incorporate these into artificial age because they are so futuristic. I mean, beginning endlessly, what he's talking about, even the way that those futuristic sounding synths and and then future soul song, well, it's in the title or isn't it? So you raise a good point, Captain. I mean, if he took the best material of 2010 and replaced stuff like what it feels like in funk and roll with those two tracks, whoa, you are looking at... Killer. I think a classic. I think it, without a doubt. I don't have to think much about what, what I'm what I'm saying. That's a classic. You take what it feels like off this, you take funk and roll off this, and maybe another track, and you replace it with Future Soul Song, Beginning Endlessly, and maybe Lay Down to, to get that up-tempo groove, as player just said. You have got a modern-day Prince classic. And at this stage, it's only the first impression show. I can't call it that at the moment. I think it's an <laughs> enjoyable album, and there's a lot in there. But, yeah, you're right, Captain. I mean... He just releases so much material all the time. And I think sometimes for us, and I'm assuming I'm speaking on behalf of, of the four of us, we, we all love albums, right? We love, I mean, Captain I know does. If you listen to Mike Oldfield, you like albums. That's it. You like A to Z. You like a piece of, that you just put on and you listen all the way through. <sighs> I'm ranting now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, who else is going to do it? About that before when Tojem was saying about Prince's new theory about he's the universe and that whole line of thinking. You go back to the, the interviews that the girls did. I think it was with Guard. Oh, that Guardian interview had so much in it. And we all know the Kevin Smith story about Prince lives in Prince world and everything runs on Prince time. And the girls talk about that in this Guardian interview. And they said something like, once you get out of that normal sort of thinking and go and live in Prince World, it's great. And then they talk about, you know, your potential is unlimited and you can just do whatever you want because there's no time limit, there's nothing. So he's got them in. They're all in Prince Land now. If there's no time limit and time is just a concept that doesn't exist, why has he got a damn near seven-minute song about time on this album? (laughs) And why did it take four years to release the album? I think the funniest (laughs) thing is like, um, you know, there's no such thing as me or mine. But then it goes on and says you and you and yours. And it's like, well, thank <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I thought that too. Hmm. But this album, there's there's lots of things. I mean, like, there's a couple of songs. There's touches of Black Album, Love Sexy. Another song, there's, there's a bit of Rainbow Children sounds. And another song, there is, um, are you ready for this? Right the Wrong. What? One of the outros of one of the songs, it's got that same voice talking as the one at the end of Right the Wrong. Hmm. As soon as I heard it, I'm like, oh, it's the same guy. <laughs> Which is just Prince, it's just Prince doing some weird effect on his voice as he does. Have but to admit, Bob, Bob, George doesn't sound, Bob George doesn't sound terrible in 2014, does he? No. And, he can, like, he, and he, can, he can still rap. Yeah. <laughs> that he is has, so cool. Lost it. To, to, to infuse those elements... You know, it's like those Purple Rain vinyls that he's got in the background on the album cover art of Artificial Age. He's looking, he says he doesn't look back, but so much of his history must have informed this work, right? And it's like, uh, you get the best of the old and the best of the new to a degree on Artificial Age. Well, yeah, I think the difference between 2010 and this is 2010 was Prince, Prince doing a rehash of old Prince. But this is, like you said, this is the updated Prince sound, and it took someone else to produce it to get that sound, I think. And that was Mr. Mascot Bear. <laughs> He's not going to come on the show. We fear. <laughs> <laughs> I, love, I love the moment you realise it's like, that ain't happening. <laughs> 
oh, you know what we haven't talked about yet? All these big events that just happened. That's Let, right. Let's that's go. right. So just recently there was the Live Nation Yahoo Prince Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum release party. For everyone that's seen and heard that, let's talk about it. I really like the way we got a scoop on the next album, Prince and the Power Generations. <laughs> Can't wait. <laughs> I think Miles Davis was going to be on it too, wasn't he? <laughs> no, it was didn't fun. We, didn't we meet Miles earlier this year at the basement? Yeah. I have to admit, Ma- Miles is a great bass player. Oh, a great bass player. <laughs> in fact, for, for, for those people that are in the know and, you know, music files, music snobs, when you listen to Miles Davis's 1986 uh, Tutu album, it's, it's actually not Marcus Miller that's playing all those bass parts. It's <laughs> Miles Davis himself. okay so this release party it was fun but it was a bit awkward as well this young lass who is the photographer supposedly uh did the tour of paisley park and i felt bad for her because she was trying so hard to be positive and upbeat but she clearly sort of had no idea what was going on and and she wasn't very knowledgeable in with prince's history made a few gaffes and it was just an awkward watching it and i I felt sorry for her because prince has put her in this awkward situation but i mean she did a good enough job, I guess. She looked okay, so... She was bubbly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we got a peek at a few things that we hadn't seen before. We got the full version of the Plectrum Electrum video, which is oh, yeah. them recording it live in the studio. So that was cool. We'd only seen the second half of that before. And just on that point, Toe Jam, I think the guy that was in the studio at the time, I don't know if that's a recording engineer or, or who exactly he was, but... Trevor Guy. He, yeah, he mentioned um, that supposedly Plectrum Electrum, the song, was recorded in one take. So presumably what we're hearing on the album is... Yeah, well, they show a video. He plays the video of them playing the whole thing. So that's it. That's what, that's what we hear on the album yeah. is the album. Yeah, track. which is pretty cool. Yeah, it's not that often you get Toe Jam, you said this, you get the actual video footage of the song that's on the album. Well, not that often. It's probably the first time ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, unless you count The Undertaker, but that's like a video release anyway, so... Mm. And Trevor Guy is um, Donna's boyfriend, husband, is that right? Oh, I don't know. He, I think he's the one that um, earlier this year when they were doing the London gigs, he was in like the front filming. He's the one that has the camera and that films the little um, YouTube episodes that they throw up on. Okay. The things you learn. And then he played us... I'm wrong about that, but I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's that's who he is. He seemed pretty chilled and relaxed. Yeah. Uh, and then we got a, a three or four minute video of Third Eye Girl and Prince doing an acoustic song, unreleased acoustic song, which sounded okay, I guess. Nothing earth shattering. Sounded a bit Bob Dylan-ish to me. Uh-huh. Uh, Did I it have the title? Uh, it, I'm sure it would, but I forget what it was. <laughs> Uh, what happened then? Then they went and spoke to Josh at the um, recording desk and he plays a few unreleased tracks and Prince phones in. It's so much like <laughs> The Sacrifice of Victor. And, and what's that other one from the mid-90s? Ride Divine. Uh, the Ride Divine yeah. and, and uh, Love, Love for One, for one Another. And it's the same thing. It's like he's got this, this <laughs> chick walking around the studio not knowing what's going on and he's like playing the puppet master, you know. <laughs> It's like we've we've seen this thing before. It's, it was kind of weird, but I mean, those those unreleased tracks were good enough. What we, from what we heard, it's hard to say. We after hearing a few snippets. This is that's when I started. I missed the first part, but I saw that part and that song that I heard. It was called X's something. That was good. It sounded good. Okay. That was him. Like, it was like a falsetto. That oh, was okay. a really heavy song. It was good. And uh, what so what happened then? So then they went to the smaller stage in Paisley Park, and they had the the quartet jazz quartet playing with blackwell and uh marcus anderson and xavier and a little interview with Liv warfield as well that was pretty cool like 
very chilled and professional and amazing musicianship, jazz kind of thing. I don't know that it'd be everyone's cup of tea, though, uh, but I enjoyed it. You missed the interview with the girls. Oh, yeah, that's right. Well, you, you can talk about that. I didn't see it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So, so yeah, the, the young lass meets Third Eye Girl and has an interview, and there's a whole lot of fans in there that ask better questions than the host does, I think. <laughs> <laughs> But it's pretty fluff, really. It's just the same old stuff. You know, they're talking about their fashion, their clothes, and who designs their clothes, and how the album was put together, and how it was all hunky-dory, and everything went smoothly, and, you know, they're thinking about going on tour, and it, it wasn't bad. I shouldn't complain, but it was the same sort of stuff. I thought the funniest parts were, like, in between all these things, where she just, like, wanders off out of the room, and she's like, I, I don't know where I'm going. I'm just going to walk over here and see what happens. <laughs> It was, yeah, you get the it impression was just like, really awkward. It was so funny to watch. You get the impression the camera guys are like the camera guys are sort of pointing where she go and everything. <laughs> and like and then when she walked in to uh see and, and Liv was sitting there, she just sort of walked up and she's like, Oh, hi, how's it going? What what are you doing? And then straight away the music starts and <laughs> you don't even yeah. get anything else. There was like a three second interview and the music started. <laughs> it was great. And she's just like, Oh, okay then. <laughs> Oh, it was great stuff. And then, yeah, then the NPGQ, they played their songs, which were okay. And then we get, uh, we go into the main stage with um, Prince and Third Eye Girl doing their set, and that was pretty fun and rocking. I wasn't that impressed with the performance. I thought it was a bit, I just thought it was a bit loose. Very laid back, yeah. Yeah, and I don't know, just, I think someone on Facebook said it well. Someone said, Prince looked like a lost sheep at times. I think there's parts of it in there where he does. He's just sort of, he's just sort of wandering around and... That was too yeah. early. It was only, what, 10.30 at night. He'd probably just woken up. <laughs> He's on Prince that's, time. That's way too early. <laughs> no, but it's, it is a good point. I mean, you're doing live stream, you know, you would pick killer stuff and just use that 20-minute block to, like, you know, really rock it out or whatever. I mean, like, you know, what they did was good, but, like, yeah, like, you know, he just seemed a bit lost. And he's kind of like, you know, the too cool for school sort of thing. It's, you know, yeah. whereas if he put a little bit of, you know, drive in it, you know, it might have been, like, knock your socks off sort of thing. When I was looking at the Yahoo Live, Live Nation and whatever that website was, they had this, like, time slot that they were in. And Prince mightn't have even had a lot of choice in what time slot he got. I mean, you'd like to think he did have some, but he might have preferred the 3 a.m. slot. But there was like hour after hour after hour there was like a different concert on through this website. And that might have just been the only free position that, was, that, that there was, so that's what he got. Maybe that's the only time Kendrick Lamar could have made it, if that is Kendrick. Player, is that Kendrick? Yeah, I think it is. I have that's, no idea. I don't even know who he is. That's that's surprising, to say the least. So who what's is this guy? Well, what's surprising? He, he didn't drop the C-bomb during his rap, well, like he normally does. <laughs> <laughs> interesting choice. Mm. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, but like Kendrick's like, he's straight out of Compton. Like he's a Compton rapper, rapper you know, like it doesn't seem like a rapper that sort of Prince would listen to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just based, based on, you know, what he raps about. How did he get Just to Minneapolis? Kendrick ain't holding back, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> 
But it's, it's good to see, I guess, because I think a lot of artists have done this now, this live streaming concert thing, and, and Prince has never really done it. There was the New Year's Eve 2000 thing, but that wasn't a real live stream. It was because, pre-recorded yeah, on like the and, 18th of December yeah, or something. to make it look like it was. So it was good to see him embrace this idea that a lot of artists are doing. I don't know that it really came off as well as it could have. I mean, that's Prince's thing. He likes being that sort of master puppeteer where he's showing these people around the, the studio and everything. I think, you know, sometimes we forget, like, We've seen these sort of tours of Paisley Park stuff heaps of times before, so to us it's a bit, oh yeah, we've seen this. But I mean, someone who's never seen that would probably get a lot out of it. It's like, oh, they didn't realise Prince has this, you know, musical wonderland and there's all this music going on and in every room there's something interesting happening, you know. Mm. So what did they play? They played Pretzel Body Logic. Yeah, Stratus. And Stratus. And What's My Name. See, I, I don't know. You can't turn What's My Name into a rap song. I, I don't know about that. I thought it went that- pretty well. Oh, what's my name is what's my name. You can't, you can't screw with that. Should have just left it. Just leave it alone. And then they did um, a Sly Stone cover, Thoughtful and Thankful, with Liv, which is pretty laid Thank- back. Thankful and Thoughtful or Thoughtful and Thankful? Yeah, something like that. I forget the name. Which is a song that D'Angelo's been covering a lot of recently too. Ah. But that was good to see you know, Prince jamming away on the keys and stuff. But it's a bit laid back. That, I think I'd, I wish it was a bit more arranged, like, just, like someone said, just 20 minutes of like a fully arranged hardcore set. Yeah. You know that 1993 BBC? Yes. Radio? Like that. Unbelievable. Yeah, that's that's the sort of stuff that are, you know, that, that, that I want to That is one of my favourite things ever. But, yep. I only recently heard that. I've never heard that before. I heard it, I don't know, a week Not or two really. ago. The commentary is hilarious. Uh, it's so good. He, the guy sounds like a kid. Whoever that radio commentator is, yeah. he sounds like it's the first rock show he's ever been to. He's so into it. He's like his head's been blown off, you know? He he went to BBC Radio and did like, I don't know, it was about 20 minutes, but it was like, it started off with 1999. It was basically um, the encore set from the Act Tour. Act yeah. Two yeah. Tour. It started off with years. like 1999, Baby right, I'm yeah. a Star, um, you know, and then the Rock the House and... They did peach. They something did peach else. Something. They did peach. Yeah. And just, but it was oh, just like, it was America. like, yeah, one punch after another. It just, it didn't stop. It was just, it was great. The sound quality helped with that though, because it was mm. radio, it was compressed yeah. and it just made it even louder and harder. Mm. It just made it sound so much better, I think, than it would have sounded if you were standing there. But still, I mean, that's, that, that's the encore to like a, a bloody massive concert. So even if you were standing there, it would have just blown your face off. It would have been excellent. Anyway, it's not 1993 review. I like how in the in this um, stream they were talking about, oh, he's just released two albums. He's already on the next one. It's like, mm. man, it's been four years. Like, and Plectrum Election's been sitting on the shelf for at least 12 months. Like, <laughs> you know, <laughs> give, give me a break. Then the other thing is talk about talk about the albums. You know, I don't know, like. Yeah. This is what we're working on now. They just came out. You should be promoting that stuff. Yeah, it's, Prince is always like that. Every every album he it's releases. Old news. Old news. Every time they go to, yeah, it's like he's. With it. Yeah, that's that's where he he differs from everyone else. Everyone else, there's nothing before it. You put the album out and then you go and promote it for the next like 18 months. But he does the total opposite. He spends the time working on the album before even you know tours it before it's even out. And then it's he like, puts it out, and then by the time it actually gets into our hands, it's like it's such old news to him, and he's he's already recorded three more albums since then. Mm. Oh, it's just it's 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 Prince Land. It's Prince living on Prince time in Prince Land. That's how it works. 
Yep. And it, it works for him, so let's go. <laughs> All right, so is that it? Well, there was also that Q&A. Uh, there was this big oh, the Q&A big, on Facebook. New the big Facebook, Facebook page. Q&A, Q&A, Q&A. Oh, Q&A. Everyone's, everyone's uploading these questions left, right, and center. There were more than 3,000 questions asked. Hmm. And, and Tojam, tell me how many of those questions he answered. One. Woohoo! One. <laughs> three words. Three words in a link. <laughs> <laughs> and it was such a like set up question. Yeah, it was a loaded question for sure. If anyone missed it, so I think the question was something like, "Can you give us any insight on why music sounds better tuned at 432 instead of 440?" And he just posts the gold standard with a link to some like quasi spiritual music thing that shows videos of like uh, music being played at different tunes and, and how people think it sounds better. I just don't know. It sounds, sounds the same to me. Just tune down a bit. Yeah, it was a great thing. The other thing weird about that Facebook was it, it, Prince is on Facebook now. And I looked at it and I'm like, how does he have like 1.7 million people if he just started today? Mm. <laughs> but yeah, that's a bit another site. But yeah, it was an... I think Facebook sets up, it's linked up with Wikipedia or something, yeah. somehow, I think, and it sets up a thing for celebrities and stuff, oh, but they can then claim that if they want to, so that's how all those fans were already actually. there. That's a bit dodgy, actually, because I logged on this morning, and it's like, I thought, oh, this is new, I better like it, and I log on, I've already liked it, hang on, I haven't already liked it, what's going on here? <laughs> it didn't exist before today. Yeah, and I was thinking, that's yeah, a bit dodgy. No, they've merged it with something else. I like the Wikipedia page. I don't like Prince. I just like the Wikipedia page. (laughs) (laughs) What have they merged it with, I wonder? That's strange, isn't it? I think think if you like the... Bring back my Wikipedia page about Prince. (laughs) (laughs) I like to read that. So that's that's that. that, What else was there? Was that it? There was the the global listening party, which everyone pushed play on their their thing at the same time and listened to it, and they all went crazy on Twitter and Facebook. Good fun. Some of the comments were pretty funny. Actually, something we can add to the episode, the little story about uh, the download links that were sent out by the official site. Apparently, I never bothered downloading it because I'd already bought the CD, even though I'd pre-ordered it to download. Apparently, the link that was sent out was missing the last track of, of Artificial Age. Affirmation people, 3. Yeah, and all these people were complaining on the org saying, oh, we didn't get the last track. It's not fair. We paid for it and everything. And so a couple of hours later, they sent out another link basically saying, oh, sorry, we missed the last track. Here's the full version with the last track. And then there was also a little disclaimer, like, also, if you're wondering, your, your Plectrum Electrum album may have turned up in your junk folder. If, you, if, if you're missing, check your junk folder. I'm like, that's a bit. <laughs> these um, these uh, spam filters are getting pretty um, intelligent now. <laughs> no, I won't say that. It's not, it's not a junk album. So that's all the events. That's all the big news. Dun, 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 dun. And now, this. So, is that it? Well, if it is it, there's one more thing. You can have your say. We've set up a survey, so you can um, tell us what you think of Artificial Age and Plectrum Electrum. Go to our Twitter or Facebook pages. There is a link, and it will take you to the survey. You need to listen and be familiar with both albums, because you'll be asked questions about it. Rate them honestly. You rate each track if you like them or hate them. We put the results together and we'll announce them during the Artificial Age Review and Plectrum Electrum Reviews. Woohoo! There you go. Like them or hate them? <laughs> We're not encouraging people to hate the music, I hope. 
And we've maybe already we had just... some interesting results already, hmm. but keep sending your answers in and we'll put them all together because I think the consensus between all Prince fans, you'll get like a strong definitive result between like the strong tracks and the really weak tracks and that's already starting to happen. All right, so thanks guys for coming together again as the Peach and Black podcast to talk about our first impressions, impressions of Prince's to latest studio albums. I think we should just clarify that this isn't the official review, Peach and Black review. This is just the first impressions. It's been a pleasure. It's been really interesting hearing your opinions and comparing them to, you know, what's what other people are saying about the albums and how it's affecting them. And don't and forget to vote on the survey. We want to hear your thoughts. That's right. We want to hear your first impressions and what you think. What are your favourite songs? What are the songs that you are not so fond of? And uh, when we're back next time, we'll, we'll have our full, fully considered, proper Peach and Black album reviews for your listening pleasure. Yeah, I don't know how, how you can do an album review after it's been out, you know, less than a week. I agree. It'll take, it'll take a lot of listens. It'll take some time. So listen to this show about six more times and then wait like another few weeks and then we'll probably be ready. <laughs> <laughs> Sometime... Sometime in the near future. All right. 45 years in the future. There it is.